This is a Watchdog Morning Show Rewind. Here's Howard Monroe. I'll tell you what'll pick me up. There's nothing I like better than a good palace intrigue. And there seems to be some going on down in Charleston inside the Republican Party. Supermajority by the Republicans for the last several years. They are in complete control of the legislature um, and have been moving, I thought, pretty aggressively, for my taste, too aggressively on too many of the what I would call right-wing issues, the talking point issues. But apparently, Brad McElhaney, uh, not everybody in the Republican Party thinks they're moving fast enough. So they've got some trouble going on down there. Oh, indeed, yes. And, you know, I, I guess to take the, the, the super overview, when you have these super majorities and maybe the public perception is they can just run through anything they want, it, it, it seems to some degree healthy to have competition within it and um, somebody, you know, not necessarily being speaker for life or, or Senate president for life. And, and so we've got these challenges emerging within the supermajorities. But yeah, that's, that's what happened yesterday. And it was a surprise even to me. I mean, I had heard rumblings, of course, of um, some differences within the Senate Republican caucus, but um, I, I, it seemed very spontaneous, but Senate Education Chairwoman Patricia Rucker, a Republican from Jefferson County, uh, called in to TalkLine uh, and got on live with Hoppy to announce that she is planning to take on the current Senate president, another Republican from the Eastern Panion of Craig Blair, uh, for Senate president. And the, the boy, she, she really expressed it in a nice way. <laughs> so you, you don't always see that sort of conflict expressed like, well, we all get along and, you know, he's a nice guy. Uh, so you had to read into it a little bit, but some of the issues seem to be particular the way the special session, I don't even want to say ended because it technically hasn't ended, but it, it sort of faded into nothingness. Uh, so, so the two big issues of the special session just dissolved. And then I, I think there is a leadership style issue. I mean, Senate President Blair talks a lot about listening to anyone's idea and moving it forward, but but some members of the caucus don't feel like push comes to shove. That's necessarily true. Um, you know, it. You can imagine if you are dealing essentially behind closed doors with people with egos from all over the state who have differing views, listening to them and and trying to distribute their ideas like a point guard is gets you to a certain point, but but at a certain point also I got to think that you're probably overwhelmed. <laughs> you say, well, all right, I've heard enough. This is the way it's going to be. Uh, so you know. There is some sort of leadership style issue that, that Senator Rucker is touching on, and she thinks there's an opening for someone new in that spot. But she was, to some extent, respond, at least it seemed to me, responding to the fact that Craig Blair was moving her out of chairmanship of the Education Committee, right? I mean, she had been, since the GOP supermajority took office, kind of the point person on education. She had been leading a lot of the charge of... Uh, towards charter schools and hope scholarships and so on. Uh, and I was somewhat surprised to, and it had been rumored ahead of time, but I was somewhat surprised to see Blair move her out of that position. But isn't that to some extent what she's responding to here, or am I reading too much into that? 
Well, you know, I, I, behind the scenes, I don't know what has come first. Um, I have heard into here earlier this week that that he was making that move, um, and I I I think there is truly something to it. But you know, he, there, there was a press release sent out on his behalf last night, and it conveys this idea that the committee and and the Senate and the legislature have done a lot on school choice. Um, the, the charter schools, um, back to the drawing board twice on that, and finally got some done. Uh, the HOPE Scholarship, which provides money for families whose kids are leaving the public education system. Uh, these micro schools, which I understand less. So has has a series of accomplishments. And now Senator Blair is saying that it's time to focus on the public education system. And so he believes he's found someone new and more appropriate for that. Amy Nicole Grady, who is uh, an elementary school, public school teacher in Mason County. But to get back to the palace intrigue that, that you mentioned, I, I in, in the course of hearing about all that, have heard that there were differences, frustration about the way the special session ended, and also, I think, a difference of opinion on an issue I didn't really pay that much attention to because there was so much going on, but but there was an issue about the relationship between Fairmont University and Pierpont. And uh, my understanding is that Senator Blair and Senator Rucker had very different views of, of, of dealing with that particular bill and that relationship. And that, that at least Senator Rucker has been exploring the idea of, of seeking this, this presidency. Has, has had conversations about it even before this with her peers. And and so whether, you know, I, I, I'm having trouble chicken or egg not knowing the conversations in the background. Did those conversations then force President Blair's hand or, or encourage him to say, well, let's find someone more loyal to take over this key position? <laughs> I found it interesting, that, as you frankly. mentioned, that, that Blair in his uh, letter, or, yeah, I guess his letter release, what it was yesterday, said he wanted to focus more on public education now because the focus has been on a lot of the private, you know, the charter schools, Hope Scholarships, that sort of thing. Rucker, if I remember correctly, uh, has never attended public school and doesn't have kids in public school, and that was one of the raps against her by some from the other side that, she was uh, too big a champion of the the charter schools and so on, um, but I was surprised that that uh, pleasantly surprised I might say by the way, to see that uh, Blair had said he wanted to focus on public education, uh, shift emphasis a little bit. Did that somewhat surprise you or not? Well, it did. It did because you know I I really have viewed a key plank of the Republican agenda as. Um, you know, the umbrella of what they call school choice. But what Blair is saying is that a, a lot of, of those planks have been accomplished and are now either either fought out in the court system or are taking root or both. Uh, and that now is a moment to, to try to fortify or reform or improve the public school system. And so the, the way Senator Blair thinks of doing that may not be the same way uh, Dale Lee or Fred Albert think about doing it, the, the teachers' union leaders. Uh, but I, what, I, what I also read into it is that 
Well, a couple things. I mean, unfortunately, it's been a really tough couple of years for public education. You know, the, the pandemic has affected everything, but certainly the schools were very on and off and a long period of uh, trying to learn from home. Uh, kids in that situation, many of whom don't have stable family environments. And, you know, we begin to see the standardized testing reflecting that. I mean, it, it was really not great, but the last standardized testing right. results the state got. So it is it is time to, I think, focus and try to regroup and, you know, begin laying the groundwork to do better. Uh, what Blair also sees and, and what was apparent in his release he put out last night is that the personnel at the state school board and the state department of education are changing uh, a new superintendent a couple new board members a new president of the state board um, a couple of key longtime administrators are leaving the state department of education and and blair you know for better or worse i guess we'll see sees that as an entry point for change and and believes that a new education chair with with on-the-ground public education experience uh, can work hand-in-hand with all that change uh, to try to, to, you know, do something better. Now, again, uh, something better is probably in the eye of the beholder, but, but he sees this as a moment. In your story, or maybe it was in his, his release, it seemed as if he was a little dismissive of the Rucker attempt to be speaker. Uh, forget the exact phrase. You can help me with this. He said... Uh, this is a power play with no power or something like that? Yes, I think he's kind of the votes. You know, I've been thinking about that, and a little bit of the trick is this challenge is coming now, but the, the senators who vote on their leaders will be the ones who are seated after Elected. the November elections. And, you know, right now there's a lot of, of sign that it's a pretty even split among Republicans in the Senate. I mean, the on the, on the abortion issue, they, they could not agree among themselves, really, on, right. on whether there should be criminal penalties for medical providers or whether there should be um, some exceptions for cases of rape or incest. And uh, many of the Republicans in, in leadership, Majority Leader Takubo, uh, just Judiciary Chairman Trump, uh, Ryan Weld, the, um, the Vice Chairman of Judiciary, sided on having uh, those those kinds of exceptions, a little more leniency on abortion. And, and there was another portion of the caucus, Rucker among them, uh, Senator Carnes, Senator Tarr, and others, who who were more restrictive. Uh, another example I'm thinking of is it, it took those senators a week of meetings behind closed doors uh, late last summer, early last fall, to determine their own redistricted voting areas. And there was a, a group of them, the, the farther right group, um, Carnes and Rucker included, who not only wanted, you know, to, to redistrict, but but had this seemingly had this vision of making some of their more moderate Republican colleagues lumped in in new districts with with the Democrats, you know, trying to either knock out a Democrat or knock out one of their colleagues. Um, so, and, and I viewed that as potentially them trying to, out of the voting process, gain more influence. Well, they didn't. They didn't win the day on that, but it was. It was. I mean, really, an even split, and it it, 
it was hard for them to break that and, and, you know, finally come up with something. So that showed me just how at odds these two factions were. But I, I'm not sure that that same mix will be the case with the elections. I mean, you've got an election for the seat that's been held by Owens Brown and before him Bill Elenfeld, and I, I don't have a feel for which way it's going to go. But if it's the Republican, I, I feel like she may be more in line uh, with with the Senator Blair to Kubo um, Trump end of things. Um, similarly, there are, are other Republicans in line who, who stand a really good chance who are more moderate. Um, Mike Oliverio is up against Barbara Fleischauer in the district vacated by Bob Beach in the Montague County area. Uh, obviously, Fleischauer would be with the Democrats, but Oliverio is a former Democrat who he was a Democrat, I, I yeah. think would be thought of as more moderate. Uh, in the Eastern Panhandle, Jason Barrett, a new Republican who had been a Democrat, uh, is allied with, with Blair, and he is up against uh, Hannah Geffert, a Democrat who was appointed to the position when John Unger left. Uh, so you got to put Barrett, I think, in that moderate column and probably a Blair vote. Uh, in Harrison County, Ben Queen, uh, known in the House of Delegates as a moderate, is up against only a libertarian candidate. So I think you put him certainly not in the Rucker-Carnes end of things. So I... I when, when Senator Blair is dismissive, I think he's got the vote count in his head. And it's, you know, Hoppy said it yesterday, it's, if you aim for the king, you'd you best not miss, because the Senate president has these leadership positions that he can give and take away, uh, can run your bills or not. Uh, all of these things are, are levers of power where he can influence the vote within his caucus, certainly. Brad, I'm almost out of time. I want to take just one quick second. I mean, literally a minute. On the, this, we've been talking about the palace intrigue in the Senate. There is a movement in the House as well, though. Uh, uh, Roger Hanshaw may face a challenge from the right, correct? Yeah, this is Brandon Steele, who is on, again, on the House Republican Caucus's leadership team. He's the House Government Organization chairman, and he came out of uh, earlier in August. After the special session, he announced he's going to challenge Hanshaw. Uh, and there was frustration in the House about many of these same things, that the House supported the income tax cut and couldn't get it through. Um, the, the abortion legislation just went to a standstill. Uh, what kind of puzzled me about Steele's move is many of these things we're talking about ran aground in the Senate, but there was some frustration in the House of Delegates that, that couldn't get these bills through, and Steele's answer is to run for leadership, the leadership. Well, there's going to be an interesting uh, interesting uh, period of time here. I should say the leadership positions don't get filled until after the new new votes don't come till after the November election, so we'll see what happens. Brad, I have to move on. A, a couple more things I want to get into with you, but we'll talk about it some other time. Thanks for joining me this morning. I appreciate it. Thanks, Howard. Brad McElhinney from Metro News. Listen to more interviews and rants from the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on Apple Podcasts.